Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ministry Matters podcast. My name is Rowan, and along with my wife, Jill, we serve as the lead pastors of a three-small-location multi-site church, C3 Camden, Picton, and Thoreau in southwestern Sydney and the Illawarra. On this podcast, Jill and I discuss all matters ministry and share some of the things we've learned and are still learning along the way in our 30-plus years of pastoral ministry experience. It's our particular hope that this podcast will be of help to small church pastors and their teams and encourage you to continue to minister effectively to the wonderful people that God has entrusted into your care. that we express on this podcast are our own and not necessarily those of the church or denomination that we're a part of. We'd love to hear from you if you have any feedback, any comments or suggestions on any topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes. To find out more about us or our church, check out the show notes for links to all the relevant socials and websites. So without any further ado, let's get into today's conversation. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Ministry Matters podcast and we're on the clock for this one, aren't we, babe? We are on the clock. We're on the clock. Jill has a, what do you have, a hand clinic appointment? <laughs> I do. There is actually such a thing as a hand clinic, yes, isn't there, for your my two broken, broken fingers. fingers. So, yes. so we're going to keep this under half an hour. It kind of relates in this uh, this topic because we're going to talk about some basics of pastoral care. Yeah. But um, my first thing I had written down was a hospital exists for people who are sick or people who are injured and what does the church exist for? Uh, caring for those who are uh, spiritually, emotionally need care and help and are injured, I suppose. So it's about people, isn't it? Yeah, Jesus said that the, he comes for the health for the sick, not the healthy, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I've visited not necessarily hospitals but lots of medical places in the last couple of months since I had this injury and uh, I'm I'm so thankful for people who care for the sick. I'm so thankful. No, not that I'm really sick. I've just got some injuries that need some physio and etc. But um, I'm I'm so thankful for those people. Just while yeah. we're while we're on that, mm. that help us to recover when we're unwell. Isn't it wonderful that we have that? That there are carers, people. caring people out there in the world. They're amazing. Yeah, so committed. Yeah. Physios are some of the most committed people I've ever come across. Your physio is incredibly committed, yeah. <laughs> she goes over and above, doesn't she? Yep. So I think with that in mind, you know, that's what we want to talk about and we're not going to touch on this is a pastoral care topic today mm-hmm. but we have dozens of ta- pastoral care topics yeah. on our list so we're not going to deal with all of them today. But People and people. People care. Care is a big topic. Yeah. This is very basic today. So this is more around some simple essentials and maybe just the heart behind mm-hmm. pastoral care as an essential part of, well, any church life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're talking about it obviously in, in, in smaller church contexts predominantly, although I'm sure all the principles, some of these principles we've learned have come from larger church contexts we've served in as well. So 
So what are you going to kick us off with? Where, where, where's a good place to start? Well, I think it's establishing that uh, if you want to, if you care for God's people, if you if you see yourself as a shepherd, then it's important to genuinely care about people, respect people, have an honour for people, uh, be loving towards people, to have a heart for pain and brokenness and uh, just to be interested in people, to like people. I think they're really good things to have. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't have that heart, if people are a a means to an end, Mm. I think that's the first point that I was thinking of when I was reflecting on this topic is do you have a shepherd's heart? And I'm not naturally a shepherding person. I've had to learn skills. I want to genuinely care for people, but I'm not naturally wired with lots of patience. I'm always focused on the next, I'm very task oriented. So if I'm sitting with someone, my brain naturally goes to, well, if you do this, this will fix it. Uh, I know in marriage that doesn't work and it doesn't work in pastoral care either, but that's naturally how I'm wired. So I've had to learn because deep down inside, I do want to care for people, but I've had to learn that that what I think might work might not always be the most effective. And oftentimes I've found myself finding um, that's almost like a means to an end. Let me help you and I'll move on to the next task I have to do rather than which is what the way you're wired is so much more. I actually genuinely care about the people. And I've, I've learned that and the, the spirit has shaped that Emmy, I often comment about how I'm not naturally pastoral and people will say, what? They think you, you're you really pastoral compared to others. And I, I, I don't take any glory for that. I think that's just something that 30 years of pastoral ministry has forced me to become more that way. And, and the Lord has changed my heart. There's no doubt about it. I, I'm much less focused on my own kingdom and empire than I used to be. And I think that's what we'd say in pastoral care is that you can't be you can't be trying to be focusing on pastoring a church or building a team. And it's if it's your empire... Well, the Bible, the Bible from start to finish shows that empires are destructive. So it can the only kingdom we should ever be building is God's kingdom. Absolutely. And it's true. We will have different ways of uh, reflecting this. We've got different temperaments, different personalities. Not everyone's going to think, oh, I'm an overly pastoral or sensitive person. That's okay. It's more about uh, the heart. It's more about what's your heart motivation And uh, I think we're, we're, I'm always praying, Lord, let, let me... Um, bear the Father's heart more and more. Help me have your heart. Help me see people as you would see them. Help me have your compassion and kindness and mercy and goodness and and, and heart and take away my stony heart and give me a heart of flesh. And uh, and and so I think, you know, it's it's ongoing. It's got, but God's done that for all of us, for each of us, hasn't he? He has. And I think that's the thing is looking at them and saying, like Jesus said, see, um, they're sheep without a shepherd, you know, the lost and broken ones. They look are, for the one. Look for the, the one. Go after the one, the one, yes. Who is the – because they're just sheep without a shepherd like we were. Mm. And uh, so I think to help us, it's good for us to remember that that was us. That could be us. Yeah. But for the, but for the grace of God, go I. Mm, absolutely. So some really simple things that we do in church life or that we've picked up along the way that we think are really great are to know know the sheep, know who you've got. So it's really, really practical. you kind of got to know who your people are. And uh, it's not about numbers but it, it is about numbers because Jesus said leave the 99 and 
leave the hundred, leave the leave the ninety nine and go after the one. Go after the one. He you have to know you, you've got ninety nine. Good. And uh, so whether you use a database, which is great, or even if you haven't got a database, you can just do this on a spreadsheet. We used to do that, you know, hmm. years ago. We used to before we have databases, and you really just have to know who you have, and so you have to know people's names, you have to know the kids' names. We include everybody. Yep. on that list, don't we? Absolutely. We have them on there. And obviously there's sensitivity around confidentiality for, for those things. So if you're getting names for a database or a list, use some appropriate confidentiality policies. If, if you're going to be a functional church, then you're required to have a confidentiality policy and people need to be able to know what that is so they know how that those names are going to be used, that information is going to be used. That's the same as in all areas of life, even more so in today's world when there's hacks and data hacks and things. So be very sensitive to that. And I realise in a small church that's hard to do because it's just another admin thing that you need to do, but seek help. Sorry, I was just going to say in a small church as well, because one of the things we found in being a small church when we planted, we only had 45 people at Camden and it's all very organic. Most of us already know each other. So it feels strange saying, oh, can you all fill out a form giving us your details? Because probably already all have each other's numbers in our phone. But it's an important thing to do. I think to do to take that step, even though you might already have people's details yourself, because it's letting them know in this relationship now I'm putting you are not, I'm not contacting I'm not putting you on my phone as Rowan and Jill that, that know you, but I'm yes. actually adding you to the church list because you've said this is your church. That's great, and I think that's a step that um, people you know will uh, you know if they want if they want to say identify that this is their church, that's something they'll be happy to do. Mm which means then we add them to our email lists and we uh, include them as being part of the numbers of our church. They can still come if they don't want to do that. That's fine. And we'll, you know, we still love them and look after them. But, um, and it's absolutely essential, like you said, that we have privacy. So what we do with that then is say if someone contacts us and says, oh, can I have such and such as details? We don't pass them on to anyone under any circumstances that, um, once, you know, that information that's being given to the church is, is um, we'll never pass it on to someone Occasionally we've had people ask and we'll say, well, you know, most of the time we'll just we will Often just what we say, that, a standard line in our confidentiality policy is if, if someone rings up and says, could I have so-and-so's details? I say, look, our confidentiality policy does not allow us to give that information out. And it's hard when it's a small church and everyone knows everybody. But what you say is, look, I'm not able to give that out according to the policy. However, I'm happy to contact them and would you like me to pass on their number, your number to them, and then more often than not, that's the answer. They say, oh, you know, so-and-so asked to contact you. I can't, I wouldn't want to pass your details on, but they're happy to have your details passed, their details passed on to you. And so it's just facilitating connection, but just doing it in an appropriate way. And some people will think that's overkill, but in today's logistical world, and what's the word I'm after? Uh, we, where you actually sue people, <laughs> not litigious. litigious world, you need to, to be aware of those things. And then if you have those safeguards in place, then you can genuinely care for people and be aware of who you've got. I was thinking about the list you were talking about. One of the things that I have used the list for, two things actually come to mind that I have used the church list for and continue to. The first one is prayer. I I need to see it, the way I'm wired, I need to see a list of names in front of me. So I'll often pray my way through our church full contact list, our full church list, or FCL we call it, so that we so that I don't miss anybody. Because sometimes I'll, I'll miss or I'll not, sure, I'll not think of things or I'll hear something on Sunday. So I'll use that as a prayer list and just run my eyes over it and, and, and it'll spark me to pray for certain people. So that's the first thing. Second thing is 
I'll often use it when I'm trying to find someone, you know, I need to see someone in, fill a team or a role. Who could we get? I'll, I'll often say that to our team. I said that to, uh, I think I said that to Amanda this week. Let's just go through and have a look and go, let's see if we can find somebody who um, we can we can ask. So there's some things by having a list of names in front of you it can be helpful. Yeah, it's great. The other thing we, during lockdown, obviously we weren't seeing each other face-to-face for a long time here in you know, we're in Sydney, um, mm. suburbs of Sydney in the Illawarra. We were locked down for a long time and so I, we just went through the list and texted or called people, didn't we? Yep. And touched base with them uh, to check in whether they were okay. And uh, we don't always do that because generally our way of chatting with people and catching up would be at church and face-to-face yep. or through their serving teams or through their connect groups, etc. But when all that wasn't happening during lockdown, we just went back to the list and mm. went, Let's just check in on people. Mm. And uh, that was a really great thing oh, to it's do. It's very personal. It, it might sound clinical, mm. uh, but it's not. It's personal. I, I think that's the thing is that the structure, you know, Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the structure is there to serve the kingdom. When the structure becomes the purpose, we miss something. But if it's if it's there as a safety net, but our heart, our pastoral heart is we care for people. We're going to use every tool at our disposal I know my brain is, I don't remember everybody. I, don't, I just can't possibly remember every situation. So I need something written in front of me. It doesn't detract from my care. It actually enhances my ability to care uh, for people or to really genuinely show that concern. And if we haven't seen someone for a while, we would follow up and see how they're going. Yep. Send them a message. Um, maybe if they're part of a team, we might ask that team, say if they're part of the worship team, we might say to the worship team leader, hey, you know what's going on with such and such, haven't seen them for a while. If they don't know, we might go, well, would you mind mm. touching base with them? Let us know how you go because we care whether we, we care if people aren't around. Yeah. And we're not tracking them because uh, we're being controlling. Not because not, we want bums on a seat. It's, we, it's, but it's we, genuine care for people. And I think that to me is I still think about Jesus saying, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I kind of feel like if I, if this is a family and if I just wasn't, if I just didn't turn up to family stuff for period of time, I would hope that someone would notice I was missing and be interested in, in me enough to re- reach heart. out. I love your heart. That's I would hope. So you would hope. And that, but that's it in a nutshell. So it's a family. And, 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 and we've often had people say, oh, no, I don't want to I don't want to has- hassle people. They'll think I'm hassling them. If I follow them up, they'll, if I reach out, they'll think, you know, oh, you know, you, you, this is too much. This is too intense. But I. So, I, okay, let's talk just for so. a couple of minutes. Talk as simple, practical things you can say on the phone. Mm. I'm always an advocate for phone. I know that in today's world we often say people wanting to text and that's okay but I would still say if you can make the phone call, I would suggest make the phone call over the text message. But text is some people prefer text. I get that. So um, what's some practical things you can say to someone who you haven't seen for a while and you've got that attitude you just said, well, I don't want to hassle them. I don't want them to feel like I'm checking up on them. What would you say? Well, most people don't answer their phone so you usually get a voicemail. Right. And uh, I just say, hey, it's Jill here from church thinking of you wondering how you're going, um, just wondered if there's anything we can pray for or anything you need support in. If you want to have a chat, we'd love to touch base. Yep. Okay, so I'll add to that that I will often what would you say? actually, well, that plus, I would often actually nearly always do if I'm following someone up, I pray first and I ask mm-hmm. the Lord and, you know, I'm praying for them and saying, God, give me a word. And then I'll just, then I'll add in, I've been praying I'll for you. I'll give them a prophecy on their, te- on their voicemail. No, no, no prophecies on the voicemail. <laughs> no, I might, sh- I have done this where I've said, oh, you know, I just feel like I just wanted to encourage you. I get an encouraging word that, you know, whatever you're facing right now, I'm an encouragement word. And then I would 
mention that, but say, hey, I would love to continue to pray for you. I have a separate list of people I'm praying for in my Trello board and and um, I would love to continue to pray if there's anything specifically. So pick up on what you said. Yeah. Please let me know. I've found that that's people appreciate that. Yeah. People will more often than not will hear back from people if you do that. Yeah, and that that's true. If I'm having if I'm genuinely <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know, probably say like if I'm genuinely having a prayer time for for people. And then people come to mind. I'll text them and say I'm praying for you because yeah. I actually am. I'm not just going to text them say I'm praying for you if I wasn't. Like I'm, you know. Yeah, no, I get <laughs> you. Know you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely, but, I get that. But sometimes that that that's the, that that will be the way around it goes. Is that mm. I'm praying for you people. are praying for them, and then, and then or something. I'm praying for the church, and then something will come up, and I'll go, oh, I thought of that person. I'm going to text them, and I will actually say, thinking of you, and I've been praying for you, mm. and it's it's genuine. Absolutely, it is. It always is when you are. So the response back. It always is when I am. Well, you, you always is because you're always caring about people. Know, you're not just faking I'm not into it. the BS. No, no BS from you. So um, practically reaching out to people. What do you say to someone you haven't seen for a while? Simple, you've got a great way to, if you're not sure if the person is still around or they, they've been a bit hard to reach and sometimes people in our team would say, oh, I've been trying to reach them, I'm getting no contact. And we like to know who, who's in the flock and who's not. Yeah, so. sometimes people have a bit of a vibe of our people on our team or whatever. So I think they might be going somewhere else. I think they, I don't think they're with us anymore. And I'll be say, I'll say, well, have you asked them? Do you know that for sure? We're not going to take them off the list and, you know, and not have them and then take them off our emails because I'll suddenly stop getting our emails and they'll think we've stopped communication with them. Sure. And they haven't. They haven't indicated that they've left, or they haven't unsubscribed to our emails. It's funny how many people unsubscribe to emails. That's often a way that they're letting us it's know they've left. It's often a sign. Yeah, that's often where we see it. Yeah, and we say that's our way of seeing it. In well, it's often a warning age. sign when we notice it. We go, okay, that's that we need to just check in on that person. But but our heart has never been to try and case. hold on to people, has it? It's, no. If they're in another church and they're happy and they're yeah. fulfilled, we that's yeah. what I was getting at. That's, so that's right. Then I'd, then I'd contact them and say, uh, you know, we haven't, haven't caught up, haven't seen you for a while. Hope you're well. Um, if you're going to another church or if you've decided not to, you know, come along anymore, that's okay. Just, you know, if we're cool with that, just let us know and, we, you know, we, we want what's best for you and um, many, you know, we wish you all the best and many blessings. Gives, because people Cause sometimes do to, make a decision to move away yeah. but they don't know how to say that. So yeah. rather than getting heavy on them, people do move and people come to our church who've moved from other churches. So rather than getting heavy on them, being permission giving and saying, hey, we love you, we care for you, we just – uh, you know, we we pray for you. Uh, if you, this you, you put it this way, I you used to say, I, do you still I'd consider say, yeah, us your I think church? I'd say I'm not sure whether you still consider that's what you say. Our church to be your home. If yeah, feel free to let me know either way, and you have our blessings with. with and we what, get we, want, we, we get want responses to that that some people go, I have moved on. Other people go, mm. oh no, I'm just going through a tough season right now, and I haven't been around, and I know I need to get back to church. Mm. Suddenly, you've got an open door there, so yeah, you're actually yeah. showing care and concern and. I can't tell you how many times we do that and people will come back. So yeah. that's some practical things. It, but it does begin in our heart, doesn't it? It begins with what is our motive here? Is our motive to get a bum on a seat on a Sunday or is our motive as a pastor, as a shepherd, genuinely for people? And so in the last few minutes, why don't we talk about the whole shepherd's list and FCL context that we talk about, these two lists that we have. We don't actually call them that, but that's the names we've heard. We've heard other people call them. Call them, yeah. Kind of picked well, up on. yeah. Uh, well, the, we do we do have a full church the list, list, the FCL. Yeah, I mean it's not really an actual list that exists. It's more a way of thinking about um, how we how we um, would manage and how we want our team to report back to us on uh, any 
crises or major things that people have going on in their lives so that we would be aware of that. So we think it's important that people would assume this is, this is, what, it, this is what it's around. It's like people would assume that uh, when they're going through something, a major thing, so say it could be even be an operation or, or they've had a baby or yep. they've had a death in the family or they even they, even if it's a great thing. New job, like whatever. They just graduated, you know, like this, depending on the size of the church too. I mean, if you, we're talking about if you've got less than 100 people, probably you should know this this stuff, right? Our challenge is that we have three small locations. So mm. we've had to do this because we add our three small locations together and there's no possible way that we can know everybody because then we've got a, a mid-sized church congregation, yeah. mid to large-sized church congregation. But with three smaller to mid-sized churches, as an individual pastor, we would know this stuff. So that's the challenge. That's why we've had to go to this. And this advice of the Shepherd's List came from a very senior pastoral person in our movement. We won't name her, but she is amazing and does a wonderful job with with pastoral care. And so she she told us about Shepherd's List many years ago, didn't she? Yeah, so it was basically if, if we run into someone in Woolies or down at the petrol station from our church and they went, oh, we went, oh, g'day, how are you going? And they were like, they'd look at and they looked at us as if to say, don't you know that what, what I've just been through this major incident, then we would feel awful because we probably should have known. So we say to our team, if if any of these things happen, someone has an operation, someone has a death, if someone has a major life situation, we want you to let us know so that because that that's not that's outside normal your normal everyday life stuff. Yeah. When those things happen, and again we know ourselves, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. We know ourselves when things happen. We appreciate it when someone goes, oh, you know, when someone congratulates us or when someone's interested. I mean, that's the time when it matters, right? So we we like to know that so we can, you know, even if it's just a 30-second shout out to them or pray for them on a Sunday or send them a message or something. Or goes, see, them goes in, a long way. see them in the supermarket See them in the supermarket and be able to say, how yeah. are you going? You know, I heard that such and such. Yeah. So that's that benchmark is that whole supermarket scenario stuck with me because there's t- times where I'll cross paths with people and I'll find out afterwards, oh, I didn't know that situation. Yeah, and right. when you do, when you don't know, I say, oh, I'm so sorry. I haven't been made aware of that. I, I, and I'll acknowledge that and say, I'm sorry, I, I should have known that. Yeah. Um, and then I'll encourage them and pray for them right but on the But it feels awkward because it feels like they go, oh, you didn't know. I've yeah. told so many people in the church. How yeah. come you didn't know? You're the pastor. Yeah, yeah. I had this with a lady in the church whose mother had passed away and I, did, I knew her mother was palliative and I, I saw it and she was at church and I went, oh, how are you going? How's things? And she starts to tell me about how the funeral was and I didn't know that her mother, oh, I was dear. asking, thinking, how's your mum because I know she's not well and she starts to tell me about the funeral I didn't know her mother had passed away and it was just like, but she was already in the middle of this big story about the assuming funeral. Assuming that you knew. Assuming that I knew. So it was one of those times where I made the call where I thought, oh, I'm not going to say that I didn't know because really she doesn't want my response right now. She just wants to pour out her heart to me and tell me where she's at and she doesn't need me to interject with, oh, I didn't know because yeah. that's, that's about me. That's about you, not about her in that so situation. So I just, you know, I mean I had known her mum was palliative. I knew death was and close. And you had been talking to her, yes. But I just thought oh, I would have approached that completely that you differently weren't if to I had have known that her mother had already passed away. I would have come to that conversation differently. And, you know, I'm not. it's not down on our team. We can't always, not everybody's, you know, perfect at everything. No. But it's just more we would say to people, let us know when these kind of things yeah. happen. And so there's two thoughts come out of that. One is a reporting structure. Mm. So anything written down 
it's best to do it verbally if you can. If you are writing down into a database or something, we learned years ago that anything that's in a database can be subpoenaed by a court of law. So you need to treat it like medical records. And so can text messages. And so and can text messages, etc. Any, any email anything correspondence. That, yes. So it, that's that's okay, but just be aware of that. So don't write negative things about people. You shouldn't have negative thoughts about people anyway, but <clears throat> sometimes if it's a sensitive matter, don't put it in writing. Just say, uh, uh, Rowan, had a, I had a chat with this person. If there's any questions, speak to me. That way um, you've got the message across that you've chatted, but you've kept it appropriate. And as a general rule in pastoral care, comments, text messaging, reporting, we've, we learned years ago, basically don't say anything in writing that that person would not be happy to see, to see written themselves. themselves. That's right. So that's just a simple little it's benchmark. Not your opportunity to vent and say, oh, they no. left. I don't know why. It was a stupid idea. That's right. You know, yeah. Just be that's caring. Not, that's not... Let's have that path that's to start. You, that's not what you do. Yeah. So in the last couple of minutes, we've got about six minutes left. Let's just uh, do an overview of our full church list meeting and what we do in that meeting. And this is just every church is slightly different, but just how it works for us. Um, and we're not perfect at this, but this principle of how we we know the number of sheep we have and who we have. Why don't we talk to that sort of FCL concept? Uh, yes. Yeah, so we'd make a time to go through the list and we would... Not just with ourselves but with, with, with team as well, with connect group leaders. Yeah, with... Mm. yeah, Not so much connect group leaders but you get reports from connect group leaders and things like that. Yeah, it, it's look, it has morphed and varied over the seasons as to who's involved in that and what, what who it's, you know, what's relevant. It's It can be quite long going through a list. Um, You'd be amazed even so, with 100 people how, how long it is to go through a list, yes. Yeah, so it's not... You wouldn't have loads of people no. in it. It would be... It wouldn't be useful, um, that wouldn't be a good way to use time. I think, yeah, have some key pastoral people. And this is what, something I was thinking of, I meant to say earlier. Is we don't have to do all of this ourselves. Usually in a in a church there are great, caring, not necessarily pastors but pastorally heart, people with pastoral hearts mm-hmm. that, are, uh, that are this way inclined and they will be people who might be running small groups or might be running prayer meetings or might be just caring kind of people and they're trustworthy people and they're people who are good people and we can assign them to do some of the pastoral care. If we, When we do that, we need to let the church know, we need to endorse that person. So when they are contacting on behalf of the church, on behalf of the pastors, people aren't surprised and thinking, well, who are, who are you and you? why are you contacting And me? we train the people to say I'm calling on behalf of Pastors That's Rowan right. and Jill mm. or something like that, don't you, or Pastor, yeah. Pastor Edwina. So that they know that this is – because sometimes they're, they're friends as well and then they think, oh, that's just, just a friend checking up on me. They don't actually know that that person is actually operating and serving in a church capacity. So we have we train our pastoral people to, to let them know that you – let them know I'm contacting you on behalf of the pastors uh, so that it's oh, – they have – the person has in mind, oh, the church is actually interested in me. This isn't just Chris, my mate, who's called me up and checking in on me. Yeah, and, and generally if the person, you know, sometimes people would say to one of those pastoral team, uh, are you going to report back to the pastors things that we've talked about? And it's, well, we don't have time to sit and hear everyone's. No. We don't, we don't we need to know everyone's scenario, everyone's story. And the, However, we always do say that, you know, in the case of from a safety perspective, in the case of um, any harm, harm yes. uh, any mandatory report or any threat. Yeah immediate threat of or you know mm. of, of harm neglect those mm. kind of things are mm. uh, always need to be yeah. um, upline reported but other than that we 
If you're listening to this and you're a member of our church or a member of a church and you think, oh, you have that mentality of, oh, are you going to let the pastors know? Know that you good pastors don't need to know. It's it's more that we it's helpful for us to know so we can care for you. Mm. So our heart is not to check up or to control. Our heart is we want to know what we need to know in order to be able to pray for you, support you, bring you into our thoughts and our prayers and structures and conversations around that sort of thing. So that's that's yeah. a part that's a shepherd's heart rather than that's a shepherd cares for the sheep, not uses the sheep. Yeah, it's not to get bogged down in talking about everyone's problems and making it no. into gossip or making no. it into all of that. We all have stuff that we're dealing yeah. with. It's more, how can we help this? Is is there an yeah. area? Is there somewhere? Is there some way that we can support this person better? Yeah. Is there some? Is there somewhere we can disciple we them? Doing? Is there an area of their world that we feel, hey, this is the next step in their growth and development in God? How can we yeah. all target that together? Obviously, we're not controlling the person, but we want to speak life over them and maybe this person could become a small group leader and that's the next step for them well we're all on the same page let's at least have that conversation so you haven't got someone running off trying to make them into a a, a small group leader and someone trying to get them to join the worship team and the kids ministry and all that we all know common direction so with our fcl meeting we kind of we we do have different uh you know categories we have people who are on a new people's list and they'll sit on that new people's list they don't just join the church the first day we come. We want to see consistency there. And the reason we've done that is not because we're checking up on the person. It's actually if you join them to the church too early, they get lost. We find they get lost in the whole church list. And new people or people who are returning to church, they need a higher degree of care for a while. So we leave them on that new people's list or the reconnecting. We have a category called reconnecting list. And we leave them there for longer than probably other churches do, but that's because we want to make sure that intentionally we help intentionally them help them reconnect. So that's the reconnection list. We then we'll look at who we've got and where they're at. Are they are they occasionally attending? How can we help them to maybe be more involved in church life and volunteer and serve and all those things that are good for them? Um, and then we look at people who potentially we haven't seen for a while, and we'll actually draw up a a, a list and say this is a pastoral care list, and we. We learned this from Kathy Gray years ago, taught me how to do a list of names and said, just contact these people and ring them up and, and say, how are you doing? And just connect with them. And so by doing that, we, uh, we're following people up rather than them just drifting away. And we'll say, okay, within the next month or so, these are the people we're following up and it becomes intentionalized. And some will then have moved on or have stopped coming. That happens in church life, but others we will have rescued and we'll probably do a whole search and rescue conversation because that's a, that's a whole ministry in itself, isn't it? But mm. anything else you wanted to add on those simple little practical tips before we wrap up? I think just when people have made the decision to leave, we don't make that difficult for them. We bless them. We release them. We smile. We say the door's always open. We're happy. If we bump into you in the shops, we'll, we'll smile and shake your hand. Absolutely. There's no bad feelings. Good call. We want to be releasing. It's really an unpleasant thing for someone to leave a church uh, and feel like they were judged on the way out or they were criticised or, you know, they were perceived as being in the wrong because it was never the right thing to leave that church. Mm. People have all kinds of reasons with that. Oh, yeah, and we've had people come to our church who've had bad experiences yep. with that. And when people leave, exactly, I'll often say, look, I don't want there to be any un- un- hard feelings. Even if they're – sometimes it's good for people to leave, sometimes it's neutral. Mm. And sometimes I, as a pastor I say, look, I don't think this is the right thing for you. And I'll, I'm not hiding that. I'll say, look, I actually think that this is not the right choice for you in this season. However, I don't control you. I love you. And if it turns out it's the wrong decision, 
you're welcome back with no questions. I've never said that. To I have. I have. I've said, and if it turns, <laughs> I have said it a few times. If it turns out you feel it's the wrong decision, I'm not going to be down on you. You'll always be welcome back. And in the meantime, even when we never see you again, I want to be able to, uh, you know, see you in the shop, see, not feel like you have to cross the road if you see me coming, change the aisles in the supermarket. I've had people who've left and I felt it was the wrong reason, but I've still played golf with them afterwards. So, you know, I think that's totally okay to have that kind I might, of heart. I, I've thought that, but I, I don't necessarily think it's helped. I haven't, wouldn't have thought there'd be many times where that would be helpful for them to hear that or whether they that can cope the wrong with decision. hearing that. Uh, it's only, a, yes, I probably should Most clarify. Most people can't cope with being no, told that. It's a, minor, it's a very small minority. I reckon out of the conversations that I have, it's probably less than 10% of people in that genuine category where mm. I'll actually genuine, my shepherd's heart says, I actually think this is not the right thing for you. I think more often than not, pastors say that and it really, it's more about them. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Literally, less than ten percent of people who I'd say. But sometimes there is that conviction. And you've just got to say it graciously. But say, look, as a shepherd, I'm not controlling you. But I just think this is the best thing for. This is not the best decision for you. But I love you anyway. So yeah, it's rare. But I think a shepherd's heart Generally, requires people, that sometimes. People need to have agency in the decisions they make in their own life. Correct. No amount of our, you know. Yeah. Maybe I'm being too pushy, to, but going, <laughs> no, it's not okay. about pushy or coercion. Okay. It's, it's my no, shepherd's heart. I think sometimes your, I have, have to do your it. opinion. That's great. You can have your opinion. Thank you, babe. <laughs> oh, so kind of you. All right. All right. Well, that's enough for this one. So uh, thanks for being with us today. We'll talk to you in the next thanks. episode. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ministry Matters podcast. Hey, if this podcast has been an encouragement to you or you think it could be to others, we'd be so grateful if you'd share it with your friends on the socials. So before you head back into your day, if you could take a moment to like our Facebook and Instagram pages and share them with your friends, that would be awesome. You can find us by searching at Ministry Matters Podcast, all one word. And one last thing that just helps the podcast algorithm to work for us, we'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute to rate and review our podcast. Be sure to click that follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts so every new episode will be loaded straight to your device. For those of you watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button and ring the bell so you know when a new episode drops. All the links you need are in the show notes. So thanks so much for being with us today and we look forward to talking to you in the next episode.